Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. And welcome to LiveWire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby, and today we'll be learning how the father of value investing, Benjamin Graham, would invest on the ASX. To do that, we're joined by two local value investors. We've got Jason Kim from Tyndall Asset Management and Steve Johnson from Forager Funds Management. Okay, Jason, I'm going to start with you. What's your favourite Benjamin Graham quote or learning, and why do you think it's relevant to the market today? Uh, For me, it's got to be the parable of Mr. Market. This never ages. It's all about the emotions we see in the share market. The market can be quite fearful and can be quite greedy, and we see it all the time. So the concept is that um, now Mr. Market, when he feels very fearful, will knock on your door and offer to sell your shares at rock bottom prices. And when he's very greedy and irrationally exuberant, he will offer to buy stocks from you at incredibly high prices. And as a disciplined, patient investor, we can take advantage of that and make good returns in the long run. Okay, over to you, Steve. What's your favourite quote or learning from Benjamin Graham? Yeah, we've both picked things from The Intelligent Investor, which was Graham's second book, and it is more about the psychology of markets than the actual valuation of businesses. And I think his early stuff in security analysis, it's worth a read, but it's more applicable to the 1930s and 40s than it is to today, whereas this stuff is really, it is timeless advice. And the big one for me is chapter 20 of that book where he says the three most important words in investing are margin of safety. And it's understanding that the markets move in these cycles, understanding that a business has a value, but then demanding a really nice gap between what you think it is worth using conservative assumptions and where the market is trading at that point in time. Mm. Benjamin Graham obviously didn't invest in Australian equities, but if he was alive today, do you think he would? Uh, Probably not at today's valuations. And I think he would find the whole market difficult these days because there are not, he liked to buy businesses at discounts to their liquid assets. So just take the cash and the amount of money it was going to receive and try and buy them for a discount to that. There are almost none of those businesses out there anymore. And the ones that are (laughs) probably deserve to trade where they trade. But we have a very value heavy index here. And I think he would be attracted to this market over some of the growthier markets because there's more mining companies, banks, insurance businesses, the types of things that tend to trade at more attractive valuations relative to say the NASDAQ in the US. Mm. What do you think, Jason? Do you agree? Uh, I do largely agree, but also, like Steve, do see a significant divergence in value within the Australian share market. So while we do have very expensive parts of the market in the tech and growth names, trading at multiples are way higher than what they should on average, we've still got a large part of the market that's incredibly cheap and trading at far lower multiples than they should be. And I think in today's environment, Ben Graham will be attracted to that part of the market. So we still see significant value in a section of the market today. When it comes to market cap, where are you seeing the most value? Is it smalls, mids or largest? That's a great question. Um, While there are pockets of value in all size buckets, given the relative underperformance of the small odds, I'd have to say there's probably more value to be had there. Okay. 
I'm guessing it's the same for you, Steve, given that's your area of expertise. I would agree with that, Ali, and I think the further you go down, if you look at performance, it has got worse and worse and worse, the, yeah. the smaller market cap that you go to. But I do think there is value at the larger end of the market as well. Jason touched on this, but it's more about the type of business that people don't like at the moment, that it is just about market cap. And uh, I think there is some stuff at the larger end of the market that's pretty attractively priced too. That's true here in Australia and it's true overseas as well. As you mentioned earlier, Benjamin Graham preferred stocks that were trading below their intrinsic value or their NTA. You also said there's not a lot of stocks like that in the world right now. I'm going to push you to find one. Is there an example of a stock on the ASX that you think Benjamin Graham would like in that regard? Uh, they would not meet his very strict criteria about liquefiable assets, but the mining services companies are trading at discounts to their replacement cost of their assets, which is mostly mining equipment. I actually think if you went out and bought that equipment today, the price is 30% higher than what they paid for it. And you're buying McMahon, for example, at a price that is 50% of the value of those tangible assets. These companies are actually making profits. They're generating lots of cash flow. They are committed to returning that cash flow to shareholders. They're not horrible businesses, and I think the outlook for the industry is reasonably positive. So they are, I think, examples of stocks that he would be drawn to. How about you, Jason? Do you have an example you could highlight there? Yeah, we sure do. Um, we believe Stockland is very attractive. It's trading at 0.9 times NTA. So if we look at its valuation of the property that it actually holds, it's roughly around $4.25 per share. It's trading at roughly $3.90. So just on the assets it owns, it's trading at a discount to that. Now, some may argue, well, you know, aren't property values likely to go down? Well, we would argue that in the case of Stockland, the vast majority of its assets, the valuation looks roughly right, being in regional shopping centres and in logistics or industrial type assets. So they look okay to us. But what the market misses is that it's also a significant developer. And we believe that development arm is worth roughly a dollar per share. So let's call it $5.20 plus per share at $3.90. Going back to what Steve was saying, margin of safety, it's there. So we believe Stockman fulfills that criteria. He was also a big fan of exploiting market volatility, which we've seen a lot of this year. Is there a stock that you think has been dragged by the press or has seen a lot of headwinds that you think Benjamin Graham would be buying? Well, certainly when we look at intrinsic value, you know, he has spoken about looking at realisable growth in the near term and look for risk price opportunities. So if you look at a stock like ResMed, for example, while it may be perceived to be a growth stock, it's not priced accordingly. Um, it's trading at roughly 20 times earnings. It has defensive attributes and growth attributes. And we look at its performance of the last three or so months, it has fallen by way over a third. And that comes down to negative publicity and press. And what this is all about is the rise of the GLP-1 drugs. Think Ozempic, Saxenda. And ResMed's business is all about um, providing CPAP therapy, of which a meaningful proportion are obese. And this potential reduction in obesity through these GLP-1 drugs is a potential headwind uh, for ResMed. But at roughly 20 times earnings, we believe it's massively overdone. And if anything, you know, it may be a complementary therapy. So we believe it provides a significant opportunity. Okay, over to you, Steve. Is it a stock where you feel like there's a lot of negative sentiment right now that you would be buying at this valuation? We own ResMed too, so I, I could have picked that one and brought it today. But I, similar to Jason, am uh, attracted to the property sector at the moment where there is a lot of pessimism I'm probably a bit more pessimistic about the actual valuations of these assets. I think the accountants that think they can use a 4.5% discount rate to value some of these properties when 
10-year government bond rates are closer to five, uh, living in cuckoo land. And that's why we're not seeing any transactions out there. Nobody's trading because the buyers recognise that the prices are not worth what the sellers think they're worth. So I do think there's a bit of a reckoning to come there in terms of values coming down, but Charter Hall's actually mostly a manager of property assets. It generates its fees from managing those assets and you can afford for that revenue and profitability to come back a long way and still own a pretty attractively priced business. It jumped up quite a lot on the day that we're recording this. I think price is super important, so you need to be careful there around what price that you pay. But that's one where the sector's facing a lot of pessimism and I think that it's actually a pretty good business underneath the surface. Mm. Nothing like backing a fund manager, hey? It's a tough business. <laughs> okay, last question for today. What's a crowded or much loved stock by the market that you think Benjamin Graham would be avoiding? Well, he would avoid 99% of the market and I think that's a really important lesson uh, out of what he did is that you can afford to be really selective in this business and just because I wouldn't buy something doesn't mean it's a bad investment. It's really important to stay in your lane and I think that's what he did really well and, and taught really well. So this is not necessarily a criticism and I actually found this question a little bit harder than I would have six months ago because some of the stuff that was a really crowded trade, like healthcare for example, You've had ResMed and CSL come back a long way. You've got primary healthcare trading at 52-week lows, the lowest prices it's been at in years. So some of those crowded trades have unwound and I think it's a bit more even than it was. I still think the quality tech stuff is pretty crowded and pretty expensive. You know, the zeros of the world, wise techs. I love zero as a business. I think it's fantastic. I just think you're paying a pretty full price in a world where you can generate double-digit returns from some pretty safe businesses quite easily. Okay, over to you, Jason. What's your crowded trade that you would be avoiding today and why? Oh, like Steve, <laughs> I have to agree that the, uh, the tech sector is very crowded. So we've seen um, the tech stocks rally very strongly over the last several years as um, interest rates have declined. Uh, in the course of 2022, they've corrected meaningfully, but they got their second wind late last year with the rise of ChatGPT once it got launched. And that AI thematic is very, very strong. And you know, back to the comments that Steve made, some companies may be great, but they can be terrible stocks. You can get a great company and a terrible stock, it's all about the price that you pay. And if there's one stock that looks very interesting, but is priced terribly, it's got to be NixDC. So a very interesting company, probably one of the only ways you can play the AI thematic in the Australian share market. But he doesn't make a profit and won't for many years to come. He does have positive EBITDA. Um, 35 times EBITDA in anyone's language is very, very high. It's all about the market factoring the growth in these data centers to, to take advantage of AI. But they will need to invest continuously. Um, they will need to raise equity. But at these levels, it doesn't make sense. And there is no margin of safety. Okay, well that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content just like this every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.